Last week, I talked about Instagram stories. And in general, what I did was I just sort of extolled the virtues. I just sort of talked about how much I loved Instagram stories. And to be honest, since using Instagram, I've been using Instagram stories for now, a couple weeks now, and my opinions hold strong. But while talking about Instagram stories, I also talked about a lot of the negative aspects of Snapchat. And I was fairly confident in my opinion. But when I was listening to Connected 110, one of the hosts, Federico Vitici, in one of the segments of Connected was sort of explaining to Mike um, why he should give Snapchat a try. And Mike had very little or no experience with Snapchat. And Vitici was sort of trying to, uh, Vitici was sort of experimenting with Snapchat and was kind of telling Mike why he should really investigate Snapchat. And Vitici's entire reasoning was sort of based on this idea of not getting left behind. You know, it's not that you have to like it. It's about not getting left behind. It's about understanding things that are gaining traction and that, you know, a lot of people are enjoying. And I really took to that. So when I was thinking about Vitici's advice, um, I sort of was, I went back to my episode number one of, of Instagram stories where I talked about Snapchat. And in general, what I felt was, okay, I'm very confident in my opinion about Instagram stories. But with my opinion on Snapchat, I felt that not necessarily that my opinion was wrong, but I did feel like my opinion lacked depth. And that, that is sort of a big problem. Like if you haven't used the service long enough to really have useful things to say about it, you know, I would say that, you know, I sort of failed in a st at least talking about Snapchat. And I feel like I failed in that one aspect. So here I am, I'm at episode number two. And today we're gonna follow up on Snapchat. Hi everybody, welcome to episode number two of Halfway Point. So after a few weeks, here are my revised thoughts. I wanted to start off by just getting three things out of the way. I wanted to talk about the design of Snapchat, um, sharing stories in Snapchat, and consuming snaps from other people in Snapchat. The design, honestly, if anything, after using it for a couple weeks, getting used to it, it's basically affirmed my initial opinions about the design, that, that it is really frankly horrible, and Snapchat is largely still a matter of swiping in a bunch of random directions and hoping to God that you eventually get where you want to go. The good news is that after a couple weeks, you do get a vague idea of, you know, where you are in the app, and you do get used to, you know, navigating to items. But that's still no excuse for what is really uh, not a clear interface. And they have tried, they've, you know, I've kind of seen them add icons and buttons, but icons and buttons buttons don't fix really core structural problems with the interface. It's just basically, you know, kind of reaffirm my belief that, you know, it's really horrible. And while you can get used to it, even after getting used to it, no specific interaction makes 100% sense. Like, you never feel like even after getting used to it that this was the right interaction to pick. You just get used to it. You never understand their point of view or their perspective of why they picked a certain interaction. So, I mean, suffice it to, suffice it to say, it's, it's just really badly designed. Um, but you'll get used to it. So that's the good news. I also wanted to briefly talk about sharing stories. Um, it's basically the exact same deal as Instagram stories. And that's a really great thing because that just means that you know, like Instagram stories, there's no profile. So if you want to see what I have to share, you have to follow me. And I really enjoy that. It just makes it feel like I'm sharing to people who really want to see what I have to say, not just people who are randomly clicking through my profile. And there's also a bit of inertia to following somebody on Snapchat. 
you know, there's no real easy way. You know, they've tried to make things easy using QR codes and, like, other stuff like that, but there's no real easy way, um, in my opinion. And so I feel like there's also bound to be very few drive-by people who sort of just follow you randomly and don't like what you have to say, and so that's really great. Snapchat also has sort of the added bonus uh, on Instagram stories that it has filters and lenses to play with, so it makes sharing stories maybe a little bit more fun than it might be on Instagram stories, but if you're like me, your mileage with these lenses and filters will really vary. Personally, I tried them out, they were really cool, I really liked them from a technical perspective, but beyond that, I really didn't care for them. Snaps from other people is more or less the same deal as Instagram stories, and that's a great thing. You know, snaps feel just like Instagram stories. They feel casual, they feel immersive, and they feel personal than most other social media, and that's awesome. Um, I think more social media really needs that, and I love that, you know, it is like that, um, that it is so immersive and so casual. So I just wanted to get those three things out of the way. You know, sharing stories in snaps are just like Instagram stories. You know, they have all, a lot of the same benefits. And the design is just as bad as I originally uh, talked about on episode number one. One of the things that I really kind of missed the first few times I used Snapchat, and I think it was really, you know, I really wish I hadn't missed it because it's a really big deal, um, is Discover Stories. Let me explain what it is. Um, that's probably a great start. So Discover Stories is this part of Snapchat where basically you can you can sort of go through these curated publications, like these major publications like uh, CNN and Refinery29 and BuzzFeed. They can have these sort of publications in, in the, on this Discover page. And they're like different, they're different types. Some of them are just sort of lively articles and that they have more video and they have more animation. Animation. Some of them are sort of snaps, but they sort of have, they're not really snaps, they're just graphics that you can tap through. Um, and they're also like actual really well curated Snapchats. And that's, you know, that's the one that I really like. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was, was when I, when I was really opened up to the potential of what this could be. Um, so basically, uh, I was watching this Snapchat, sort of curated Snapchat story about, uh, Trump rallies. I've read a bunch of articles about Trump rallies, but watching the Snapchat story of, you know, somebody going to this Trump rally, the video was really what sent chills down my spine. Combining the power of those articles with sort of the immersiveness and the storytelling of the snaps, it captured my attention and really drove home that particular message. And this is what really opened me up to discover stories. The the, the publications, you know, the writing, the more lively articles, they're okay. Um, you know, the the sort of the graphics that you can snap through, you know, they're okay, you know, they're fine. But this was really great. These sort of curated Snapchats combined with sort of journalism and narration that really tell this story, that tell this narrative. It was really incredible. Uh, and it really opened my mind to the really the true potential of these Discover stories. And I was really blown away by what they could do. And in fact, it sort of gave me, um, it sort of gave me this um, vision of what 
VR news sources have looked like. You know, a lot of the VR touts uh, apps from New York Times and CNN and stuff like that. And what these apps allow you to do is sort of, you know, like they're shot in like with this like 360 camera and they allow you to be on scene of whatever, you know, wherever a certain news event is happening. So like, you know, in a war zone, in a war stricken country, you know, you get to, you know, put on this VR headset and sort of be in that realm. Snapchat basically is sort of, it gave me an idea of what that might be like, um, you know, being there and really and really being in that situation and sort of being able to, you know, cl- uh, tap through the story in this way. It, it really, it was really amazing. And I really saw a lot of potential with combining journalistic narration and news sources and writing with these snaps. Quite frankly, though, the discoverer stories don't really take advantage of that potential. Like I saw one or two thing, one or two snaps that were really great, like the example that I described. But most of them were really truly. There were things I were uninterested in. Like seemingly every day, there's a new story about Kylie Jenner, and I don't really have anything against Kylie Jenner or anything. That's not like I'm not talking about that, but. It was more so like, I'm not really interested in this. <laughs> and this doesn't really take advantage of, you know, it doesn't really, it's not really telling me a story that I care about. And most Discover stories, you know, they don't get the balance right between design, between storytelling, and, you know, just raw snaps. Uh, and, and, and also a narrative supporting the snaps with facts. Most Discover stories, at best, they get one of those things right. They either get the design, or they get the storytelling, or they get... The narration right but none of them not many of them i shouldn't say none of them not not many of them get all of those things right and that's what really i felt like made that snapchat about the trump rally really hit home for me because it was this balance of design with storytelling with raw snaps and facts supporting the narrative all of those things combined it just unleashed this all the potential of snapchat and being able to discover these news sources through Snapchat, it just it was really great. But not many topics are interesting, and not many discover stories get the balance that you need right. And that's really a shame, frankly. Just because when interesting topics are well executed, when they balance all those factors well, I have to say, it really feels like the future of journalism. And going forward, I would really love to see journalists, I would really love to see them make Snapchat their next medium of choice. And, you know, I don't expect them to go whole hog in it, but I feel like using Snapchat to with their text, you know, balancing that with snaps, I feel like it tells an extremely immersive story because, you know, the snaps fill the entire screen, there are no ads, you click through them at your own pace as you examine them, like, it's incredibly immersive. It just complements, you know, a a traditional news story in a really, really frankly, really appealing way and in in a way that I think really adds to journalism. The other thing that was really interesting that I kind of discovered, actually through Connected, is that Snapchat released, um, glasses like uh they're called snapchat spectacles and you can see them for yourself at spectacles.com and basically like they're just these really sort of they're just these glasses with cameras in them uh there there's camera beside each lens and basically they allow you to take video and take a video there's a light on the lens on the camera and it closes um when you're taking a video so that everybody else can know that you're taking a video and 
and then you take it takes a video, it stores it, and then when it gets the chance, it sends it over to Snapchat's memories feature. There's a memory section in Snapchat. Again, you have to discover that memory section by swiping in a number of random directions. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, there it goes in the memory section, and then you can upload it from there. So basically, these spectacles, you know, basically allow you to snap uh, without ever taking out your phone. That's pretty cool. Honestly, there's a very small, extremely small chance I will ever wear, th wear this just because it's not my style, but nevertheless, it's still really interesting. And the reasons why they're interesting, honestly, I was thinking about them, and then I read this article from Ben Thompson of Stratechery fame, uh, and also maybe you listen to his podcast, Exponent. It's a great podcast. You should listen to it. But basically, in one of his articles, it's called Snapchat Spectacles and the Future Wearables, he sort of outlines you know, why Snapchat spectacles may be more interesting than, you know, are really interesting and why they might be more interesting than previous attempts by Google because Google sort of had their Google Glass and why, you know, Snapchat spectacles are more likely to succeed and are more interesting. The number one thing is that Snapchat glasses are actually not really expensive. Uh, you you expect them to be, but they're not, they really aren't um, to some extent, but not they're not bad. They're $130.00 which is a lot better than Google Glass, which costs uh, well over $1,000, I believe. Actually, I want to say they cost about $2,000, or they did cost $2,000. Um, and they're much more, uh, it's a much more compelling price point than Google Glass, and it's a very f consumer-friendly price point, $130. And I think that's a great first start, you know, like, I think most people, or not most people, but many of Snapchat's users, I'm sure, are willing to, you know, if they're really big users, I'm sure they're willing to spend 130 bucks to try this out. And the other thing is that design of, the design of Snapchat spectacles are actually really sort of friendly. Google Glass looks something out of a dystopian future and Google loves that they make glasses that look like something out of a dystopian future. But Snapchat's glasses are a lot more in line with how glasses look today and they're kind of fun and they're whimsical and they come in really bright colors. So they're a lot more friendly and they're very in line. Like there are cameras in them and you can obviously tell that there are cameras in them. But you know, it still doesn't look horribly ugly and it still looks fairly in line with how glasses look anyways. And while Google Glass came out with no specific use case, Snapchat sort of has a very targeted group of customers with an established use case. Snapchat, you know, is a really big service. There are over 150 million daily active users, sending over a billion snaps. So there's a very targeted use case. You know, it's just one thing, um, and it's an established use case. So Snapchat is sort of selling for an established use case, whereas Google Glass, you know, they were kind of saying, you know, oh, well, we can augment your reality, and you can ask it things, and there's no specific established use case. Whereas Snapchat, there's like a very well defined use case at a very reasonable price point in a form in in sort of a hardware design that's really well designed you can all you can actually read in ben thompson's entire article i'll, I'll link it below um in the show notes but you know those are sort of the reasons that i also really felt that really made me interested in in, in the snapchat spectacles and i i really i really am very compelled and very interested in in, in this in this uh in this thing and more so I'm also really interested in Snapchat spectacles because it also represents one of the first times that I can really remember that social media is just, it's no longer just something you interact with through your web browser or through your phone, but it's its a wearable. It's gone past, it's gone outside the phone and it's something that we wear. It's something that's always at our ready and it's something that we're wearing constantly. 
and so it's more personal than it has really ever been and I think that's going to lead to not only more snaps but I think it's also going to lead to we're going to see a lot of personal snaps I really found that you know Snapchat spectacle is also really interesting and actually to be honest for a very brief moment I did really consider ordering uh, or you know potentially purchasing one sometime in the future just because just to, even if I used it once I just wanted to see how cool it would be to just like be able to take a Snapchat without having to pull out your phone and stuff like that um because there is some friction, like when I'm while I share while I was sharing some Snapchats and stuff like that, you know, it was it was easy. Like you know, the mo first thing that happens when you open Snapchat is you go straight to the camera. So it's really easy um, to take a snap and share it. But there's still some friction to taking out your phone, and I kind of was really intrigued with the idea of potentially just wearing these glasses and being able to you know while I'm going on a bike ride taking you know a 10 second video and being able to share it as a snap later, because it's really hard to hold your phone while you're biking at 60 kilometers an hour. Um, and not really very safe to do so. Trust me, I've tried and I have the bruises to show. So I don't know, it just, it was a really cool concept and I don't know, it really shows some really, a really well-defined vision from Snapchat uh, that I just find really interesting and, and really kind of cool. Um, you know, I know, I know I've heard differing opinions on it. I've heard, you know, people really be very snarky about it. And, you know, I feel like they have the right to be snarky. But I just think it's really cool and it's really interesting. And I, I really think that this is, you know, has it really, it's really interesting because it also has the potential to succeed. You know, it's it's, it's a very reasonable price uh, with a decent design and it's targeting at an established use case. The other thing um, about Snapchat that I found really interesting that's sort of not even any remotely related to their service. So this is not really about using Snapchat, but something I found really interesting about Snapchat anyways is their business model. So you can actually, um, so Snapchat, like every other social network, uh, is, you know, based on advertising. And you can see there are, like, different business models that they have. If you go to snapchat.com slash ads, um, you can see that there are three different business models that they sort of have. Their first business model is sort of the most obvious form of advertising you can think about Snapchat, because Snapchat, you can upload videos and stuff like that. And so they have mobile video ads. And it's a form of advertising we've seen before many, many times. But with Snapchat, it's kind of really interesting because with Snapchat, you know, these mobile video ads can only be viewed by the user holding their finger to the screen. So that kind of, you know, it means that there's a really strong chance that, you know, that people are actually looking at the, at the Snapchat and looking at the advertisement in this case. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that probably leads to, you know, much more confidence on, on the end of the whoever the advertiser is and again Ben Thompson wrote about this this is this is uh, this is where I sort of got a lot of these ideas from Ben Thompson wrote about it in his article old-fashioned snapchat which I'll link below it's a really great article you should definitely read it and he sort of outlines these points in much more detail than I could really go into they also have a couple other less form uh, less obvious forms of advertising they have sponsored geo filters and sponsored lenses so basically the sponsored geo filters they're they don't really they really just it's like, it's like an Instagram filter, right? Like you can, it's an Instagram filter, but it doesn't like make your photos look old. Uh, instead, what happens is like, it'll, it'll show your current speed. Like there's a filter for your current speed. There's like a filter for where you are, or if you're at a specific event, um, there's a specific filter for that. And so you can, you as, you know, as a brand can, or a company or whatever, can have a sponsored deal filter. Um, so that's one of their forms of advertising. And that, I think that's really interesting. Like I think, you know, it's not really a completely 100% obvious form of advertising, and I think it's really creative, and I think it's, I think that's, it's, I think it's really personal, because, you know, now you're having the advertising be part of a picture that you're sending to your friends and family, and I think that makes the advertising a lot more personal, and I think it, I think it also makes, it makes the user, uh, 
engage with the brand a little bit more. Sorry for using the word engage, but yeah. It makes the user engage with the brand a lot more. And you're having them engage with it in a, in a positive context, you know, sharing a, a video, a snap, or a photo with their friends and family. So I think that's really cool. And sponsored lenses are also, they're basically like, Snapchat has these lenses that you can sort of alter the image with bunny ears and stuff like that. And sponsored lenses basically allow you to maybe take a, a brand image and, you know, alter the image uh, with that brand image. So, for example, Taco Bell sponsored a lens, and then that lens would make your face uh, look like a taco, which is really super fun. <laughs> um, and, again, it, you know, it, it's it's a really unique form of advertisement, and it's really personal, and it gets the user to engage with the brand in this really positive context, you know, that you don't really see in a lot of other forms of advertising these days, and I think it's really refreshing to see, and it's really fun to see, and that, it just really intrigued me. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, the general trend that I see is like both Instagram stories and Snapchat, you know, they're really successful because they're casual, they're personal, and they're immersive. Uh, in the in both the context in context of consuming and creating. When you're consuming, you know, your Snapchats don't last long, so you don't have to worry about making it really quality. Um, and you know, they're really easy to take. And when you're when you're consuming, you know, they're you know they're really easy to you know just click through and, and see. So they're really casual. They take up the entire screen, so it's really immersive. And it's just really personal. And I think because of that, both Instagram stories and Snapchat are really successful. But Snapchat to me is a little more interesting because whereas Instagram stories kind of just seems like uh, Facebook trying to play catch up. Uh, with Snapchat. But Snapchat feels like a company with a really unique vision, whether it's with their spectacles, this physical product that's, you know, extending a social network into the real world, or the Snapchat Discover stories when well executed, you know, they feel like the future of journalism, or Snapchat's really unique business model. I don't know, all of these things just make me feel like Instagram stories is, you know, just playing catch up uh, with Snapchat, and Snapchat is just in this world of its own with this really unique vision for snaps. And that's really cool. And I'm really glad that Vitici inspired me to go back and um, really use Snapchat and investigate Snapchat because I learned a lot about Snapchat and I'm really a lot more optimistic about it. You know, the design still bothers me. It still really sucks. Uh, there's a lot that bothers me about Snapchat. But honestly, between Discover Stories, between the spectacles, between the interesting business model, it's really cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I feel like Snapchat is a company to watch. If you have any feedback, if you'd like to reach me, um, you can send me an email at halfwaypointshow at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at underscore A-D-I-T-H-Y-A-S on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>